0: The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Maisky.
1: Hello, Sample Chapter listeners all over the world. Welcome to episode 174 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. This week, through the magic of Zoom, we are traveling back across the pond over the Atlantic to London with speculative fiction author and editor Karen Huff. She was a delight to talk to, and uh, you're going to hear us talking about family motivation and supportive spouses, (laughs) Uh, constantly learning, and uh, you're going to hear more about how her uh, her editing process you know how she is one of those editors with a heart who really enjoys helping you find the story and make it shine and uh, that was a lot of fun hearing that aspect from her and and what she likes it's going to be a lot of fun and uh, you're going to really enjoy this conversation and it's full of great stuff all before we dive into her debut novel grind control which just came available the other day April 23rd so it's available right now so after you hear this make sure you click that link in the show notes to get the uh, get a copy of it for yourself it's great well before we get over to our sponsors I wanted to uh, start with just a little story tell you about something going on uh, something that happened to me so many of you know uh, my second book a novel idea came out New Year's Eve and that's done all right I'm, I'm pretty happy with it and I, I dove right back into work on a series that I'm, I'm writing. <laughs> well, I finished book one uh, a year ago. I've been writing book two since then. And I'm probably 75-80% done with book two. I'm getting towards the end of it. And I suddenly started having this feeling. And maybe, maybe not suddenly. I'd been having a feeling of uncomfortableness about the story for a while. And I didn't understand why I couldn't get it. I just was like, man, something's off about this story I couldn't get it and I know part of it was that uh I was telling things in the uh I had characters doing things and stuff that was happening that <clears throat> I hadn't planned on happening yet and that's what uh, that's when it finally occurred to me that oh my gosh, most of this storyline is actually going to be or needs to be book three <laughs> So, I've effectively jumped over book two and gone into book three. Now, that was a profound discovery to realize that, that I had done that. Uh, but now I'm, I was left with, oh my gosh, now what to do though? I've got to come up with a different storyline for book two. And how I, I finally became aware of this was that I, I realized that the, uh, the characters, um, they're like a team uh, they just met in the first book, and I've got them working well as a team, and uh, that doesn't quite work well yet. I needed, I needed another story in between, of course, one and three. Uh, another adventure for them, something that they can do together before the events of book three takes place, because they get kind of split up a little bit. So... Uh, That was was a little frustrating, to say the least, uh, to make that discovery in. But, you know, what is not tough about this is, thankfully, I'm using Scrivener to write. I'm able to go in, collect all of my story information from book one, and move that over to another, you know, a new story. So, I have all of that information, uh, you just collect it, so now I've got all my characters from book one. All the events, <clears throat> everything is right there available to me now, in uh, what, what I'm, you know, just currently just calling it Bandit Chapter Two or Bandit Book Two. But that was nice because I, I, you know, you can just easily take all your information from one book and start another one using that information, and then now I can start adding uh, information from Book Two, and I still have everything from Book Three available to me. Scribner makes it so easy to, uh, to set this up and, you know, it's like, oh, there's, it's almost like the old Bob Ross, uh, joy of painting. You know, there's no, <laughs> there's no mistakes. It's just happy accidents. Oh, you didn't mean to write that book. Well, here you go. Click this button, start a new story and pull your information over from this other one so you can reuse what you've already got. Uh, I don't know. It, anyway, all this to say that, uh, yes uh, as you know Scrivener is my favorite writing software and that is for good reason Uh, the ability abilities it has built within it and uh, the features that it offers are just second to none so check out this advertisement for how you can save 20% on the regular desktop version Jason here Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard. You can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for sample chapter podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. All right. Yes. Once again, thank you to Scrivener, our sponsor of, gosh, uh, has it been two years now? It's crazy to think uh, we've been partners with them for that long. Uh, moving on, though, I want to thank Audible for being a, uh, a partner of the show as well. They are offering a free audiobook and 30-day trial when you click the link below. It is audibletrial.com slash samplechapter. Uh, pretty sure that's the address, but I make it easy. You just click the link in the show notes or you go to the Sample Chapter podcast website and you can click a link there and uh yeah give it a try for yourself it's uh, lots of great stuff and uh, here's a little bit more information about that hello friends jason here and i wanted to take a moment to tell you about a great offer from audible like you i'm very busy i have a full-time job a family i'm a thriller author and i do this weekly podcast but i also love to read that's where audible is a lifesaver for me Whether I'm mowing the yard, working out, driving back and forth to work, or doing some other menial task, I can still listen to an incredible book through Audible. And now you can get a free 30-day trial by going to audibletrial.com slash sample chapter. By doing that, you'll not only have that 30-day trial, you'll also gain access to guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy exclusive Audible Originals, and even podcasts like the Sample Chapter Podcast. Last year is the first time I ever achieved my own personal reading goals, and it was because of some wonderful titles I listened to on Audible. Some of those titles were Ready Player Two by Ernest Cline, narrated by Will Wheaton. The Awaken Online series from Travis Bagwell, narrated by David Stifle. Patient Zero by Jonathan Mayberry, narrated by the incredible Ray Porter. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention previous guest, Scott Meyer, with his Magic 2.0 series, narrated by Luke Daniels. It's a lot of fun and definitely worth your time. A hey, full disclosure, by signing up at audibletrial.com slash samplechapter, the show does get a little monetization, which goes directly towards any production needs uh, with the show. So you're also helping us out here by signing up. So what are you waiting for? Head on over now to audibletrial.com slash sample chapter and start your free 30-day trial today. Moving on, we have our podcast friends starting with Pop Goes Culture Network, home to about a dozen pop culture shows. Uh, and yes, uh, when I say pop culture, I mean they're all pop culture related. Whether you're looking for movie news, celebrity, interest stories, uh they're going to talk about your latest uh, television shows uh or just you know chit chatting about whatever pop culture related it's all available there and on pop goes the culture network so click that link in the show notes to find one of those amazing shows and finally i want to thank project entertainment network home to about 35 amazing shows of a wide variety from writing to book reviews to storytelling uh there's a few shows on there where That's exactly what they're doing. They're telling a new story each week or a new chapter of a story each week because they're writing it each week as it goes. Uh, That's a lot of fun. There's opinionated shows, (laughs) uh, shows about horror books, uh, horror movies, monsters. The list goes on and on and on. It's incredible the variety that they have on there. Hey, there's even baseball and uh, other sports. It's lots of great stuff. So, click the link in the show notes to get over and check out all the shows that they have to offer, just like this one. You don't have to find an interdimensional saloon to have a pint of Alien Beer with me, Chrissy Garrison. Just tune into my Alien Beer podcast each Thursday, and I'll share my speculative fiction stories with you. And every other week, I'll be serving up a new installment in my science fiction serial, The Multiverse Blues. Meanwhile, catch up with me at SillyHatBooks.com slash podcast. See you there. All right. Well, make sure you are following all of our sponsors and podcast friends on social media, as well as Sample Chapter Podcast. You can find us all on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can do so by emailing us at SampleChapterPodcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail by calling one six six zero eight five one 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 four six and uh, as always, leave me a voicemail and I will put that on in an upcoming episode and finally, I want to make sure I want to ask you to make sure that you are subscribing or following to the show on whatever your favorite podcast platform is. the sample chapter podcast is available on all podcast platforms so whichever one you're using right now, make sure you are following or Subscribing to it and if you would leave leave me a little uh, review and rating. Let us know what you think So it's I don't ask for that often. I'm not really too worried about it, honestly Uh, But they say it's helpful for uh, people to find the show But you know and actually I've in the past what I've asked for is for you to just share your favorite episode On social media grab an episode that you really enjoyed share it with uh, your friends and make sure you tag us in that post and uh, that would be awesome because I will find that post. If you tag us, then I'll see it as well, and I'll be happy to share that and, and comment on it with you. Well, without further ado, let's get over to our interview with the amazing speculative fiction author, Karen Huff. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast. Oh, wow, this week, I'm so excited. Uh, I am getting to visit with another one of the amazing authors and managing editor, not to, not to mention, uh, from Lights Out, Inc. This week's guest is Karen Huff. Karen is a writer, editor, and as I said, managing editor at Lights Out, Inc. Uh, she's also a blogger, does uh, human kinetics, and is a fitness instructor, which I'm sure is very challenging in these times. Uh, her first book, Ground Control, comes out, well, as you're hearing this, on the 27th. The book just came out a few days before on April 23rd. So after this episode is done, make sure you click that link in the show notes and go pick up a copy for yourself. Meanwhile, let's get on over to our conversation with today's guest, Karen Huff. Karen, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much.
1: First, let's let uh, let's see, how are you doing? And uh, you're staying healthy, I take it?
0: I'm trying to stay healthy. Um, I'm staying inside as much as possible, but uh, things are opening up here, which is, which is great. So.
1: Oh, fantastic! Yeah, and you're in London, correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. So we've been we've been in lockdown in and out for the last year, pretty severely. So it's just the shops just opened up um, Monday past, so we've been able to actually go out and go into a store that doesn't only sell food. So that's been really cool. Oh my! Not that I've done it, but I could if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And has the uh, has the weather been cooperating to let you get out and and work it's, out and such?
0: It's been sunny, but it's been uh, it's been chilly. So uh, in Celsius, it's been about five six. So not not warm by any means, but the sun has been lovely. So we that's good. We do what we can. It's 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 not as rainy in London as people think it is. So
1: <laughs> it, it, that picture does come into my head, I guess, when I first think of it. <clears throat> Although it never seems to do that during a royal wedding, it's always no. gorgeous. I don't know how they do it.
0: It's almost always gorgeous here. It is surprising. Don't tell anybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, See, here in Missouri, I'm in the middle of America. And yesterday, we had uh, well, 70 degree Fahrenheit temperatures, so very warm, very comfortable. And I, I mowed the yard because I knew the change was coming. And sure enough, this morning, I wake up, and it's much colder, and we had snow.
0: Oh, my gosh. And
1: my dog has just been loving it. And uh, she's been waiting to go outside regularly so she can bounce around in the snow and, and playing it. But I'm like, Oh gosh, come on. I I want to keep my robe on and <laughs> just cuddle up with a book or my coffee or, or do some writing or something. It's, uh, it's been crazy, but that's, that's Missouri here. The weather yeah. is constantly changing.
0: I didn't know that it snowed that far south. But that's uh, cause I'm, I'm originally from uh, Canada and we have snow crazy times as well. And a lot of it, but usually by now it's kind of, like well into spring,
1: and oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we've got uh, the flowers have been coming up. Uh, we actually just went uh, mushroom hunting uh, with mm. my in laws over the weekend, uh, going Did around for them? uh, for morals uh, mor- or morel I guess is how how they say it. Uh, yeah, we got a few, got a few, and fried them up, and uh, they were they were pretty good. Um, but yeah, the the weather in Missouri is just weird. We had few years back, we had a, a blizzard on May 1st that uh, I think it dropped about 14 inches of snow on oh, us. It, it was gone by the 5th. It, it was just, it just no, no time at all. So we thought, oh, my gosh, this is just going to put everything in a standstill. But no, it, uh, you could drive on it very comfortably the next day. And and it was all completely gone a few days later. It was yeah, crazy. I
0: don't, I don't miss that at all. I don't miss <laughs>
1: So now uh give us a little bit of your background because you you're a fitness instructor and a writer, um, editor, blogger. Writing is as much a part of your life, it sounds like, as the fitness.
0: Yeah. Um I kind of I I like to keep busy. Um I I I don't believe in being defined as one thing or one thing only. So when people say, Oh, what do you do? And then I start listening it, then okay. I, I hear myself talking. I'm like, Okay, yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot to take in. Um, I, I've always done fitness. My, my degree was in human kinetics um, years ago. And so that's always been kind of my, my passion. And my. Um, it was my full-time career for about seven years. And then I switched over to, I, I called it selling out. <laughs> I, I, I promised myself that I would never get a job that I couldn't wear running shoes to. So <laughs> I worked in a gym for seven years, trained lots of people, got really tired of always being on call. So I um I sold out loudly and I got myself a job in the government. Um, and so from there, um, the first job I got for the Canadian government was not very interesting at all. And there wasn't a lot of work. So I started writing a blog. Um, and it just kind of started to be a way that I could keep in touch with my friends and family because I wasn't on Facebook. Um, this was like way back in like 07 when social media was still kind of like in its infancy mm-hmm. so it was just a way that i could share what was going on and my my funny musings um as i like to see them <laughs> uh so i wouldn't have to email my friends family cut and paste i could just be like be like what's new and i could say read my blog um and i ended up moving across the country with my husband and it was just again a way to stay in, in touch and the more i wrote the more i liked it um i have i have many aunts and two or three of them were like oh you should write a book and it, <laughs> It, uh, it. I'm not going to say it motivated me too much because, of course, they would say that they, my family. But it kind of, kind of sparked the idea when I moved to England. I couldn't get a job in my field, so I ended up um, writing articles, picking up fitness classes, going back to um, fitness as a, a main job, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of spread that to more writing more and more writing picking up contracts as an editor and it just kind of evolved and then um nanowimo got me one year and that's where this started so wow yeah yeah okay
1: we have a few things in common there i remember in high school i really believed i would have a uh, future in fitness uh that's i was really interested in it and uh, i thought oh man this would be great and i'd already enlisted in the military although I had no idea that there were jobs in that field and it was mm-hmm. it was funny because I I went through basic training I knew some people and I got to my first base which was in Alaska and yeah. well, my first week there I decided oh I'm gonna go to the gym and, and work out and I run into a guy from my from boot camp and he's in you know sweatpants and a nice polo and he's handing out <laughs> yeah. towels and I'm like hey what are you what are you doing here and he goes oh this is this is my job this is what i do i was like oh what you could do that in the military i had no idea and it was just i was such a child with (laughs) (laughs) immature things i did not know the the list of things i did not know when i was younger are astounding
0: i find out things literally every day still that i'm just like oh like i yesterday or maybe it was earlier today i found out that there's a vancouver also in Washington state. And I was like, has there always been one? Does Vancouver know? Um, but there's, there's always something weird that I just feel the whole the rest of the world knows or they'll see something that they'll know how it's used. And I, I'm just like, oh, does everybody know this? But, um, I actually tried to get into the military myself um, out of university. And they, uh, cause I had a science degree and I was really fit and I'm like, you know what? I could I could do anything. I like travel, like what, what a fun job it would be. And um they they liked my resume, they liked my enthusiasm and my fitness. But then when I stood up to shake their hand at the recruiting office, they looked at me and they looked at the size of boots I was wearing and they said, Can you take your boots off for me? We need to measure your height. And I looked at them and I was like, that can't be a thing. I'm I'm not very tall. I'm four foot ten. And oh. they um they would not let me in because I was not tall enough to join the military. And that's the Canadian military anyway. Mm-hmm so when i went back i tried again i snuck in another year later and i was like <laughs> hey and same thing again and they said well you know if you were just like half an inch taller we could make it to go but um it had something to do with the equipment or i don't know but i was i was let down so i had to go back oh. to being a personal trainer
1: oh no i think yeah, it would the, have been
0: really interesting the,
1: the one thing you can't control yes yeah
0: <laughs> exactly yeah, I mean, I've tried to get taller, but it's not,
1: uh, <laughs> not It didn't work for me or my wife either. So my wife is five <laughs> foot, just right at five foot. so she she was right at the threshold. she joined the military a couple of years after I got out, mm-hmm. and she was right at that threshold and and uh, got in and uh, she went on you know, had a great career and I was like, hey, don't forget you can also get a job in fitness. Yeah. there's <laughs> there's lots of other jobs. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> honey did you know about that yeah <laughs> yeah
1: so um, uh, she she was very well informed when she uh, signed up <laughs> but i was always back and forth between fitness and writing and doing one or the other and she was always encouraging me and i uh i took writing classes for a while uh correspondence uh, back in like 2000 when the internet was still in its infancy and yeah and now it's finally uh working out to one of the one of the dreams i'd always had
0: hmm oh so. me too that's great
1: but that's great, though. You had your aunts encouraging you with writing, uh, same as with my wife. She always encouraged me. She was the one who signed me up for the classes without even telling me. Uh, she, she was like, "Oh yeah, you're going to take these classes while I'm um, away training and stuff." I was like, oh, okay, great. But uh, it, <laughs> it's important, to, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's important to have those people who are in your corner, and that's great that yes. they you had them.
0: Definitely, yeah. my husband's quieter about it, but he'll he's he said once in a while he'll just be like you know I'm really proud of you I'm like are you and he's like yeah I'm like oh okay he's like I've supported you this whole time I'm like have you and he and he does but it's just it's he's not signing me up for classes or once in a while he'll tell people that I'm writing a book and I'm always like shh don't tell anybody um so (laughs) I think it's mostly I think it's more my problem than his um by a lot (laughs)
1: he's the quiet supporter
0: exactly yeah. yeah and like he's he has read my book. Um, but it took me a long time to like I it had to be almost finished before I was ready to show it to him. Um I found that the hardest thing was because if he doesn't like it, then I, I I don't believe that it could be good. So that's kind of my uh-huh. yeah, kind of an issue there, which is silly because we have very different tastes in books, in in everything. So he's probably not my target audience. Um but <laughs> he, his opinion matters,
1: so yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, it's my wife. We were talking before about the experience I had with my wife when she read my book. Uh, she enjoyed it, but she also was like, Oh my gosh, it's such a disaster. Uh <laughs> and so she's kind of afraid to read my my second book when it came out, and she still hasn't read it, and she's like, I'm sorry, I just haven't read it. I was like, you know, it's not really your type of book. I don't know if you'd really like it. It's okay if you don't want to, but she's like, No, I, I do want it, it's it's, it's you and so she hasn't read it yet but I I noticed her the other day I have some t-shirts uh for my books or for the show and I know she was wearing my uh a t-shirt for the sh- uh my book and I was like oh that's that's sweet. She's a
0: fan. Yeah. So <laughs> she's
1: yeah she's still my my yeah. biggest fan. That's so. great. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. So now you were uh editing and blogging. Now how did that come about? How did you get into editing cuz you were doing that first before uh rest- Yeah.
0: Um well my um my every job I've had outside of the gym um has always there's always some kind of writing involved. So if I'm an administrative assistant or an executive assistant or a paralegal, whatever it is I'm doing, um, lots of written documents pass by my desk. And I think my very first government job, they quickly noticed that I was the pickiest. <laughs> and <laughs> so anything going it was I was working for the office just below the Prime Minister of Canada. And so my job wasn't important, but the people I worked with were giving like very serious advice on policies and, and direction. And so they my boss quickly noticed that things that came through me didn't come back from his office with red marks all over them. So um, they said, well, okay, you can be the last eye on these. And I felt just really proud of that. Um, growing up, I still call my dad Captain Grammar. If I have a, like a really specific grammar question, I'll pick up the phone and call him in Canada and you're Like, hey, Dad, like, would I use a comma for this? Would I use if I'm doing a a list after the colon, but it also involves quotations and an em dash? How would I put it together? And his education was so strict on grammar that he can tell you how it's done properly, and then also why and what that's called. And so he's he's just a really great resource. Um, but if I think part of my um, part of my nervousness about Getting my book out there is that if there's a typo in it, he is going to call me and he'll be like, <laughs> "What have I taught you?" Um, but so, so I with work I did that, and then I had some friends that were starting their own businesses or whatever they were doing, and they're like, "You know, can can you take a look?" And I was like, "Sure." And so all the work that I would take on for my boss, it would just be I would take things and hopefully improve them. Um, and the more that I do it, the more I realize how much I like at like doing that. So I'm not. I'm not enjoying finding fault with other's work, (laughs) but (laughs) I enjoy making it better. And um, some of my clients, I I edit books as well, um, copy editing and line editing. And when I read them through the first time through, I'm like, okay, like I I really like what you're trying to get to. And it's an iterative process where I'm like, this is how I would say it, but it has to be in your own words. And I, I will fix like egregious problems, but just to see something go from like, clunky and and like you know that there's an idea there that you just want to be able to get out and mm-hmm. if you have typos if you are using repetitive phrasing or repetitive words it's like your message is lost and the whole thing is lost um and there's there's a there's a discussion kind of on well on writing twitter anyway that like can you be a good writer if you're not a good writer um uh-huh. and so, like, if your message is that clouded behind, like, if if you have a beautiful story, but you can't write it because your writing style isn't, I don't know, you don't use you don't use enough descriptions, you use too many descriptions, you don't know the difference between a comma and a semicolon, like, can you still be a good writer? And the there's two very strong camps for that. Um, as the editor, I was like, well, like, you can have. The most exciting story in the world, but I'm not going to get past page two if I can't read it. Mm-hmm. Whereas people might look at something that I've written, not my book, of course, <laughs> but mm-hmm. they say, "Wow, this is impeccable grammar, but it is so boring. Where is it going? So uh, obviously yeah. there has to be a balance, but um that's why I think there's the value for the storytellers because people some people have the most incredible imaginations and they can craft the most beautiful stories, but they need that second person to come in and be like, okay, your story is lost until we make it sound right. So I think kind of both of those are important, but I love that role of stepping in and helping someone rewrite something and make it make it shine. Um, so that's why I love editing. Um, yeah. And I yeah.
1: I, I like to think I fall in the second, the ladder of that, of that I can tell a story, uh, hopefully without boring people too much, but at the same time, um, I will just throw. I used to just throw commas all over the place. Yeah. And uh, there's an, an English teacher friend of mine who was commas
0: are great. Yeah, he
1: was, <laughs> he was reading my first book and he says, "Man, I found 13 commas." And I said, "In which paragraph?" <laughs> and he just started cracking up. He was like, "No, no, no, no." In these couple chapters here. And, and but I was like, I mean, I used to just throw them everywhere. It's like, okay, uh, here they. It, it was almost as bad as saying, like, yeah, they took a breath, comma. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, each each uh each writer has not just their own flow, but their own kind of it's their own tell that they'll use the same phrases over mm-hmm. and over without realizing it, and it takes somebody else to go in and be like, okay, oh, yeah.
1: Like,
0: and uh, my editor, she eviscerated me. She did a you know like the structural place on word. And she looked up, it was, and she flagged them and she started just counting them. So instead of saying, change this, fix this, get rid of it. She was just like one, two, three. And I think in one chapter, and it might've been 1500 words. It was a very short chapter. And she had counted like 40 times I'd used the words, it was. And um, <laughs> so oh, wow. I was like, well, what else, what else am I going to say? She's like, literally anything else, you're a writer. It's your job to write words. Mm -hmm. better than this i'm like okay 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 so um but each each person i edit for has the same things that they do and commas are a a huge one for sure but it's just it's just fascinating like when you find like because everybody has something and when you find it it's really it's really Mm -hmm. fun but it also it's it's killing the darlings and it's it's sad that (laughs) it's it's so sad that my darling is it was (laughs) because it's so hard to get rid of (laughs) but yeah
1: so that's, that's been mine. the uh, that's been one of the interesting things. Uh, I the unexpected things about podcasting, and th- since I do go back and edit the show, I've discovered just like in writing,
0: oh, I yes. have
1: I have catchphrases, and I oh wow <laughs> is apparently one of mine and. I, I, I've got people who will send me the Owen Wilson, like, "Oh wow," <laughs> and like, "Oh yeah, how many how many Owen Wilsons did you have in this episode?" I'm like, "Yeah, I caught several for your information." But uh,
0: <laughs> yes, exactly,
1: exactly. <clears throat> so there's another podcast friend of mine who uh, he said his thing was uh, nice, and uh, it, it's it's funny how many things uh, how much. Podcasting has helped me with my editing and gone through, and I'm I'm realizing oh I'm using this phrase too much in my writing and trying to not say it as much. And I'll I'll even after a few chapters sometimes I'm thinking oh I think I just used this a few times already. Let me check that out real fast and search for it and make sure I'm not in okay. Oh, where's that the source? Let me find something else.
0: <clears throat> We're so lucky with the software now; you can it'll do like a word analysis and it'll say the incidence of repeating words and some things will come up and you're like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think I used that word more than once, but I apparently used it 50 times. <laughs> 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 like I'm, I'm going to use it this way now and replace every third one at least. So it's, yeah, it's fascinating stuff, language. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, now you also got involved with lights out ring Inc. uh, with a uh, another previous guest, uh, from LM, uh, Revere, uh, When did you, when did you join uh, up with her?
0: Um, I was, um, I, my book had been picked up by Episodic, which was the, um, the publishing house.
1: Right. Prior to that. that. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: And towards the very end of Episodic, I didn't know it was the end. um, They reached out to me, they needed help with editing. And so I said, yes, you know, I'd love to take on some extra work. Um, And then, with completely unrelated within a few weeks of that, they um, they folded <laughs> and um, lights out, kind of rose in the ashes of that. Um, and Ellen really reached out to me and she said, listen, I really enjoyed working with you in episodic. Um, we've got the backbones of this publishing house still as an independent publisher. And her vision of it was, was fantastic. Um, she wanted to set up a collective. So it's by authors for authors. Um, so that we each bring our own strengths to the table. I've I've got the editing and the proofreading. Um, she's about marketing um, and again, beautiful, beautiful story writer. Um, cam West um, is another author that we work with and she's just this graphics ninja. She creates the most <laughs> beautiful images. She did the cover for my book and it's just everything she does just is, is gold. It's amazing um, and so, Lene came out and said, listen, how about we, how about the three of us create this collective? Um, we can be picky with the books that we, we publish. We want to create books that matter, uh, books that tell stories that are unexpected, um, books that defy genres, which is, I know that's kind of like a, a catchphrase right now to mm. uh, defy yeah. genres, but it's it's important because nobody wants to write something that's been written before. Um, and the vision of of Lights Out is, um, women's fiction reimagined. So I, I read something, again, it was just today about how every women's fiction book is a woman who gets divorced and then what happens after that and how she falls in love and and how her life starts again. And we don't want that. We want strong voices of um, not just women, but of, of allies as well um, that can create stories that have strong females in the lead roles um and in books like fantasy and fiction uh sorry fantasy and science fiction you don't get as many women protagonists you get women sidekicks you get Mm. um wives you get the elf beside the warrior but you don't get um women-led fiction and so that's kind of what what we're looking at um, with an idea of we are all heroines, um, in that every story there's there's something in it. But we want to get underrepresented voices out. Um, but again, driving the female centered narrative forward. Um, so that's how that started, and that was January first, I believe. So it's it's still early days, but there's um, there's two books out, and there'll be another one uh, at the end of this week. That's uh, that's mine, and we've got a few more that are kind of queued up with other other strong female protagonists and it's um it's really interesting it's really exciting um the business side of publishing is something brand new to me as well but you know why not <laughs> why not yeah. try something yeah so
1: well that's that's great and i wondered if you were if you had been in the company prior if they'd picked up your book or if you began the book after starting there uh so that's no, exciting that, yeah, yeah so they they already were aware of you and and your work prior to bringing you on, which that, that's yeah. exciting. That's a
0: it is. That's a compliment. very encouraging. Yeah.
1: So now, where did uh, ground control? Where, how did this uh, come about, and the idea behind it?
0: Um, well, it was a it was a nano challenge. Um, I decided to write a book, and I thought if I'm going to write a book, I need to do it within a deadline because deadlines make the world go round. <laughs> um, and so I was I was going to do it properly, like starting November first. I'm going to start with this. so I had a few weeks kind of, of prep time and thinking. and um it's so ground control is the story of of Sarah and she's um, she's a trailing spouse. So her whole life since university she's she fell in love, got married, and she hasn't done anything with her own life. she's always just kind of tagged along behind her husband. Um, and as a trailing spouse myself,, um, that's, that's not my experience. That's not my life at all. Um, but that's kind of where my incentive came from, my first thought. Um, but I also wanted something that would make it hard to go back from. Um, when I started, I was living in London. I had recently left my home, my family. I brought my kids, my dog, and my husband, and really books with me um, to start a new life. But there's always a way to go back. And I wanted to create a world that you couldn't come back from. So the whole premise behind ground control is that she's leaving Earth. Her husband's got a job on the um the shuttle that's going to the new colony in Mars, obviously uh in the future. Mm, mm-hmm. And um and it's a one-way trip. So they don't have the capability to blast off from Mars. The shuttle can't be reused. Um and so this is something that you don't have nowadays is that it's it's a goodbye. It's a solid never coming back. Um, obviously generations ago people had that all the time they get on a boat they go to Australia they get on a boat they go to the new world and they're never going to see their families again or even in a covered wagon like they'll never they'll never see their families again but now with the world so small everything is connected and like you're going to run into people over and over so the the premise of the Mars one was that they 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 can't come back and so it's it is science fiction to a degree, but it's also a person letting go of, of everything they've ever known, leaving everything behind and just kind of saying, well, can I, how do I do that? And who am I if if all I am is this this wife following her husband again, um, which, yeah, it's a, it's women's fiction across with science fiction. It's speculative fiction. Um, there are disasters in space. There's, um, all the science actually checks out um I did a lot of research mm-hmm. on it, but it's a um yeah it's it's the story of a somebody just trying to trying to come to terms with who she is now that everything that made her who she is is gone, except for her husband and her kids, so oh wow, yeah,
1: now this seems like the kind of story that <clears throat> uh, would would kind of skirt that line of. Uh, how much of the story is happening to her and how much is your protagonist taking charge and doing things and making decisions for herself how how do you uh skirt that line or how do you make sure to have it so that your protagonist is doing something and and she's not just kind of dealing with whatever comes her way
0: um well yeah she she definitely does mope there is some moping that happens um Mm -hmm. i tried to make it kind of as realistic as possible um in the community that I'm in right now, it's a lot of expats and they're, it's they're all the women that I, I spoke, spoke to. Um It's, it's mostly women. There's there's male spouses as well, but it's these just brilliant women that have been doctors and lawyers and chiropractors and have left everything behind and they've come like to, to London anyway, um, following their spouse. And I'm just like, but, but you're a doctor. And they're like, yeah, and, you know, I'll be a doctor again, but right now we're doing this. And so it's just kind of the inspiration was like these are people who have not ever taken the back seat. They've not had things just happen to them. Mm. And they've chosen to to tag along. Um so it's that's kind of part of it. Um in it she has to kind of choose what she's going to do. She has to choose like it's the start of a new life completely. So she's on a shuttle with um 2000 other people it's a big shuttle Mm -hmm. Um, and she has to figure out like first impressions these are the people that she's going to be hanging out with literally for the rest of her life Um, so there's things about first impressions there's about making friends not making friends not trusting people around her putting her own perceptions onto other people just the things that we all do naturally that we we don't mean to we we tend to judge too quickly and by we i mean me <laughs> I can't, I can't. i'm sure you don't but um but you you never know what someone's story is and that's as you okay. go through we learn more about like the main character um and then the people she meets the friends she's left behind that she's still kind of in touch with like they they all have their own their own narrative because because we all do um and so yeah it's a uh, and she, she there's growth obviously she has to come up with something to keep herself busy, but then also she's like, "Well, you know what? I'm am, I am more than this. And what can I do? How can I contribute?" Um, and then, without too many spoilers, bad things happen on the ship, and um, and she has to decide if she can if she can help out or she can step up and be who she she can be, or if she's just going to kind of wallow and let it happen. So,
1: yeah. Oh wow! Oh my goodness, that sounds exciting. <laughs> I mean very, very mysterious and intriguing. So, oh man, I can't wait to dive into this. And I had meant before the before we got started, I'd meant to check out this uh, uh ground control video that was put up on on YouTube with lights out. Mm. And uh, I'm yeah. definitely gonna have to check that. It's like right there, waiting for me to click it.
0: Yeah, Pam <laughs> West is a graphic person, and she just she's like, listen, um, I, I put this together. Uh, the first first try just let me know what you think like just just spitballing here and she showed me that and i started to cry and i was like okay (laughs) that is it's first of all it is 20 times cooler than my book and i was like now you've given me a lot of pressure to make this book (laughs) enough to be worthwhile this but she's yeah it's just it's phenomenal and it just it captures it captures the essence of it and it gives it kind of that that excitement so uh, yeah i don't want to i don't want to give any spoilers away but um she's done a really good job of that. So I do recommend everybody take a look at it. It's, it's quite something.
1: Fantastic. And we'll make sure and have the, uh, the link in the show notes for everybody so that we, of course, you know, you want to uh, go and grab the book and uh, you can go to her website and that's where that video is. You can just scroll down and check that out. It's going to be really, really exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now that you got the first book out of the way, uh I'm I'm sure that's I, well. I know from experience that's a huge relief and uh, weight off your shoulders. But what's next?
0: Oh, and that's the thing. As soon as I finished it, they're just like, so you know, you have to get another one. I'm like, wait, what? I thought I was done. And they're like, yeah, no, you need you need a second. And I was like, oh, and so I I did write a second one, but it was totally, totally different, a different world. Um, and I guess when it comes to, again, I'm still learning about this publishing, marketing business. Um, she's like, well, you could write something completely different, but if people really liked your first book, they're not going to just want to read any book that you've read, like until until I become Stephen King, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but they're, they're going to want something similar to that or in that same kind of universe, the same. And I'm just like, oh, it's because the next one I wrote it's it's set in a dog park it's just like yeah that that'll have to wait so I've got I've got <laughs> that one kind of salted away it's put away for now um and so after I get a few more books out that people like <laughs> that I can I can try that one out so I'm uh, I'm writing not not exactly a sequel but something kind of in the same world um, and it's about like being being a new colonist on Mars and but again the the human angle of it not it is again it is science fiction but it's no matter what no matter how far in the future we go people are going to be people they're going to have the same kind of conflicts they're going to have the same jealousies the same issues with um with family with competition with with everything so it's um it's kind of the same the same universe mm-hmm. uh, as in ground control but um a little more focused on like settling in to to a settlement on Mars when there's people that that came on the first ship, came on the second ship, and they've been building things, and then suddenly you're getting more and more biodiversity, which is just people and families, and, and making a go of it as a colony, um, and the conflict that's naturally going to happen between the people that have been there since the beginning, and like the the engineers and the, the scientists, the ones that are building and working, and then the families that come along, and what value do they have what can they add and kind of where does that go so it's kind of again family family conflict um Mm -hmm. set in space
1: oh yeah well i mean it seems like very fertile ground for lots of stories
0: it's coming like it's it's coming sooner than we think and like with elon musk and and all the new work that nasa's been doing like it's 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 not that far away and the the science fiction part of these books are not they're not out, out of the realm of the possible. They're all very plausible, very aside from the mother's thing. <laughs> very plausible soon. Not maybe right now, but it's um it's it's amazing how far we've come as people, like as a species, I guess, even in the last hundred years and what we've done and where we're going in the next 50. It's just, it's crazy. Um, but I think the people are like the story, not the, not the spaceships, not the, the, the habitats, but yeah.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. It's this, the people. Oh my gosh. Uh, it sounds incredible. And as we're recording this, we're just a few days away from it coming out. So I can't wait to uh, pick up a copy for myself. This is, this is exciting. Uh, Karen I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I can't Thank wait you. to uh dive into this and follow your career. Um you know it I seem I guess I know everybody at Lights Out Inc now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know this uh, it's it's a great uh, a bunch of people there and uh I uh, just I wish you all the best and uh man Thank I you. I can't wait to see what comes next. This is so exciting.
0: Thank you. And you know, it is. It is. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, now, where can people find and follow you?
0: Okay, uh, well, I'm on Twitter at Kapow Fit. There's a story behind that, but we won't get into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Karen Huff Writes, and my website is karenhuffwrites.com, and that's also my author page on Facebook.
1: All right. And, you know, everybody that's listening, uh, you always know the links are there in the show notes. We already mentioned it before, but... As a reminder those links are right there so you can click those take thank you right over to her website and uh and also to go pick up the book and uh, we'll put a link in there as well for lights out inc and you can go check out all the books available with uh, with that company
0: Karen, thank, thank
1: you so much for uh, coming on the show and oh my gosh i just i i'm just so excited for you and this this first book and uh I, I, I think you've got a bright future, and uh, I can't wait to see what's coming next from you.
0: Well, thank you so much. It's been great to talk to you.
1: Great to talk to you as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, time for me to step aside with my coffee, and yeah, just the coffee today. It's cold, and I don't, I don't want a cigar. I'm gonna just relax and keep warm while we all listen to today's guest, Karen Huff, reading a sample chapter from Ground Control.
0: Thank you. Okay. Well, um, just to lead you into this, so this is. Before they leave for space, um, they've gone through a few months of preparations for the nine-month voyage. They haven't left yet, um, and what's happened is she's just finished up a big presentation at work. She's gone out after work to kind of celebrate, and she's still not fully on board the, the move yet. So, chapter nine. Sarah turned the key quietly in the lock and eased the door open. It was 11.30, later than she had planned on staying out, and when she texted the sitter an hour ago with an apology, She was just dismayed to read her response. Grant had just gotten home. No problem at all. Ah, she'd been counting on him being out. Oh, well. His car was in the driveway. she had pulled in behind him. She'd have to move it in the morning, earlier than she'd like to be up, but it would be easier than facing him tonight. She straightened up, walked in her own front door the way she'd imagined she would have done if she had not just spent the last two hours wrapped around another man. She dropped her gym bag and purse on the mat, then hung her coat on the empty hook. Sliding off her shoes, she said out loud, Well, that feels good, hoping that Grant would hear. The main floor was mostly dark. The -the over-the-stove light was left on in the kitchen, which probably meant, yes, that the dinner dishes were waiting for her. Deep breath. She emptied her sweaty gym clothes into the basket in the laundry room behind the kitchen. Above her, she heard Grant cough, and she tensed. Am I hoping more that he won't come down, or that he's developing a harmless yet career-limiting lung disease? She wasn't sure which, but after a few seconds, she relaxed her shoulders. She pushed up her sleeves, poured a glass of water, and turned on the hot water to fill the sink. While the bubbles were growing, she wiped down the stove, tomato soup, and the table, so, so many crumbs, and gathered the dishes into a stack on the counter. The warm water felt good on her hands and wrists. She felt light, clean. The bowls and plates, glasses, pots, and utensils all came clean easily, too. Once they were rinsed and stacked in the dish rack to air dry, she pulled the plug, sighed, and dropped her head down, stretching out the back of her neck again. She'd have to make an appointment with her chiropractor. Hands on her waist, a kiss on her cheek. She forced herself to stay still. The sounds of the water swooping down the drain must have muffled his footsteps behind her. Hello, he said. She could smell alcohol on his breath. Scotch? Bourbon? She couldn't tell them apart. Grant never drank too much, but on quiet nights he would have a small glass of something civilized. Grown up. As always. She pulled her shoulders back, pasted a suitably tired smile on her face, and turned around. She blew that lock of hair out of her eyes and leaned against him. Hi, she said, in a small voice. I didn't know you were going out tonight. It wasn't a question. That was the thing about Grant. He can make statements that anyone else would want explained. Even he sincerely wouldn't care. He just meant that he hadn't known. Her head was turned to one side against his chest, her still damp hands on the counter behind her. It was a last-minute thing, she mumbled, surprised at how sleepy she suddenly actually felt. Big presentation to corporate today. I was terrible, but Linda said, that we should celebrate anyway. I thought I'd beat you home. His finger went under her chin, lifted it so that she was looking up at those blue eyes, the angle of her neck, uncomfortable with the height difference. Drinks? One before, one with dinner, she recited. Then I switched to water, Dr. Breathalyzer. The strict control that he kept over himself meant that he was the designated driver almost all the time. She knew how he felt about her drinking anything and getting behind the wheel, even four hours later. I'm okay, she murmured. I promise. I'm just tired. She stifled a yawn. We sat there and talked for longer than I intended. I'm sorry. I'll move my car in the morning. She put her hands against his stomach, and he backed away from her touch. Wet hands, he grinned. She smiled back and then turned away, waggling her neck, then slowly climbed the stairs to the bedroom. God, she was tired. It was all she could do to get into her pajamas and brush her teeth. She decided that her face had gone clean enough after her second shower. She peeked her head into Maggie's room, ribbons fluttering at the open door as it stirred up the air inside, then into Jack's, whose floor is booby-trapped with a swath of rigid sharp Lego. His glasses were sitting lens down on his bedside table. She sighed as she turned them over. She'd clean it up with him in tomorrow. He was a good little guy. Those two. They made everything worthwhile. Grant was in their bathroom when she climbed into bed. He had hardly turned his bedside lamp on, so she pulled the covers up under her chin, tucked herself into a ball facing away from the light, and closed her eyes. She meant to fall asleep right away, to fall back into her real life the way she had done each other time, forgiving herself, erasing what she had done. She waited for Grant's power, his sense of order and right, his confidence in his own abilities and in her, to draw her back into him like magic. The bathroom light went out, and she felt Grant climb into his side of the bed. He smelled of toothpaste and some drugstore brand men's face wash. She heard him wrestle to get comfortable, and then heard the click of the lamp as he turned it off. He rolled gently, and put a hand on her shoulder. She waited in the dark. Was he hesitating? I love you, Sarah. Hm. Mm, she responded, but her eyes were suddenly open in the blackness not yet accustomed to the dim. He had the same routine every night, him coming to bed after her, his light left on while she slept. She did love him. He was her rock, her star. She had hitched her wagon to him and had seen so much of this beautiful world with this incredible, brilliant man. And their kids, they were magical. All their travels and the sacrifices they had both, no, all made, all culminating in this impossibly incredible next step. After tomorrow, she would never, literally never, see Ethan again who wide-open eyes, filled
1: with tears. All right, there you go. That was Karen Huff reading a sample chapter from her debut novel, Ground Control. That was pretty riveting. Uh, You can tell the main character there has been up to no good. Find out more by clicking that link in the show notes. If you want to get over to Karen Huff's website, Facebook page, her social media Of course, there's also the Amazon link for her book. Don't forget to also click the link in the show notes for our sponsors and podcast friends alike. And hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I'm back with Jeff Arch. Yes, Jeff Arch, the screenwriter, creator of the blockbuster movie Sleepless in Seattle. That is next week. We'll see you then.